We are going live. I want to thank everyone for joining in. Really appreciate you tuning in to the live stream today. And as usual, I, I, I say that as usual because um, I'm always saying that I'm excited. I am very excited. We've got uh, Matt Hadouken coming back to have a conversation about something that I think is very important uh, that, that we've gotten a lot of questions about, um, and that is the metaverse. And one thing, um, I wanted to say about the, uh, wanted to say about the metaverse is that, uh, we, we think about this is really an evolution and an evolution from virtual reality. So when we talk about, uh, what was known as XR technology, a combination of virtual reality, mixed reality, augmented reality, a lot of the technologies that we use, they comprise what we know as the metaverse. And it's gotten a lot more traction, especially after Mark Zuckerberg came on and announced that Facebook is, you know, changed its name to Meta and that that's going to be a few huge focus of the company. You've seen many other companies come in and um, talk about their focus on the metaverse and that there's going to be a shift from the way we use the internet and the way that we uh, connect with each other and we'll be having these virtual spaces or uh, metaverse. And I think really the metaverse, as we talk about it, it, it's, it already exists in one form or another. So you, you may hear many people talk about video games, you know, of course, Fortnite and other games where you're able to connect and, and communicate, join with others, if you are using VR headsets, so you've got an Oculus, you're using that, you're able to connect and have spaces and rooms where you can uh, meet with friends, you can, there's Netflix, you can watch movies together, listen to music, uh, hang out, chat rooms or virtual chat rooms. So there are all these spaces and places that you can go uh, already to connect. And one thing that we don't see with the metaverse is the uh, connection. So when you think about uh, different video game worlds, being able to move from one video game world to another, or if you're in Oculus to go to the sandbox, from the sandbox to Decentraland, with your avatar and to actually travel to these different worlds, really like you travel or connect it with web pages, you're able to move from, from one web page to another 
we're not able to to move from one uh, wor virtual world to another. But as it stands right now, we're able to go into virtual worlds and we're able to connect in these worlds um, as we speak right now. How this will impact us, now that's a different thing. And when you think about social media, you think about content creation, and you think about what we're doing right now, I think it, it's, it's, a, it's a very interesting space. And, and I think back to Matt Hadouken, who got a lot of really great feedback and comments on the explanation that he gave uh, for the difference between a content creator and a streamer. And I thought that was, it was, it, that was very eye-opening to me. Of course, he's a, a streamer. He does do some content creation, but it's, it's interesting to think about how content creation, of course, and streaming will, will play within the metaverse. And, you know, after that conversation, what, what we were, the plan to talk about today is, um, um, is that, uh, is that what we're going to talk about today was how streaming would be in the metaverse. And that's something, and I think that's a very interesting uh, topic because will we be watching? So when you think about streaming, you think about Twitch, where people sit back and chat, will we be inside a virtual room watching someone's avatar do things in a virtual world while they're in real life. What would that be like? How, how would that, how would we connect? How would streaming work in the metaverse? So, so looking at someone's avatar, um, <laughs> playing a game inside of a game, which I think is very interesting. And if you think about it, if you go to the sandbox and if you're, in spatial, you're in any of these virtual world or decentraland, you can just hang out and watch people play games, watch people, well, not watch the actual people, but you can watch their avatars and gambling or playing games. And, and I think that's, that's a very interesting point. How will that tie in? How will, this, um, how will this connect in the future? Oh, hey, we've got him. We've got uh, <laughs> Matt Hadouken. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I, I was in here just really brainstorming on... Stream, I guess, streaming in the metaverse. 
is streaming in the metaverse and what and how that looks now and what what that would look like and and really how that would impact us um i was telling everyone that the last time you were here so first of all thank you you know what before we get this thank you for coming can can you introduce yourself just for those who who are not familiar with you and who you are and what you what you're doing all right hi i'm matt hadouken i am a twitch streamer and a full-time student currently but hopefully once i graduate i'll be able to be more serious about my streaming career i post youtube videos and tiktoks here and there but mainly i'm known as a twitch streamer and i'm excited to talk about twitch streaming streaming in general and how that will tie into the metaverse moving forward yeah, I, you know, thank you. And I'm glad you made that clarification. And the last time you were on, there were, there were a lot of great comments. And really, this, this, uh, this stream spawns from that last um, conversation where, because we got a lot of great feedback on how you, you explain the difference between a content creator and a streamer because you introduced yourself at you said i'm a twitch streamer so can you really break that down and explain what what the difference is so there uh, twitch streaming is a wide variety of different avenues you can go down you can be a mainly a gamer you can be a real life streamer so you do things in front of the camera maybe cooking Maybe ASMR, that's pretty big. Sometimes it's just chatting, talking about politics or whatever. And then there are people who mainly just stream. Like, that's all they do. They don't make any content outside of uh, Twitch.com. So that's why I say, you know, you can be a content creator and a streamer, or you can just be a streamer. Or you can, you know, you can do any sort of combination of the two. But streaming is just in the plain sense, it's just sitting in front of a camera and interacting with the chat, like how we're doing right now. We are streamers mm. by definition. Well, well, we're streaming, but here's the, the interesting, what, once we're done, there's gonna be the recording and it creates the content. Exactly. You're a content creator and a streamer. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. See, see, but I think that's interesting because you know you you think about many times you hear content creator, content creator, and you don't think about the difference between the uh, streamer and the the content creator. The other thing that so so I'm glad for that explanation. The other thing that you had mentioned I thought was really good. You talked about IRL. And as a way of getting subscribers, followers, awareness, marketing, I thought I thought that was really genius. I, got, I just have to say it. I thought it was really smart. And you don't think about it because I think that's important to note because we talk about content creation, streaming, and there's so much emphasis on being online and social media but also IRL in real life is important. And it made me think about it that social skills are still important because you got to talk to people. Exactly. You got to connect with them to get your, so can you talk a little bit about that uh, some more? I thought that was really amazing. Yeah, I mean, having social skills is 
probably the best thing that I've learned from just being in person and talking to people in real life. I went to a convention last year and a lot of the people that I would go to and just introduce myself, tell them, hey, I'm a streamer. And a lot of them would also be fellow content creators or streamers. And so we'd exchange information and we'd follow each other and we'd support each other. And building a pretty solid network of people who are either in the similar field or they just want to support you, whatever endeavor you're going on, you, I, it's the best way to create an audience. Those interactions create your biggest fans and your biggest supporters because it's just something different about meeting somebody in person versus just seeing them online in your recommended feed. I scroll past hundreds or thousands of people every day. They might be cool. They might be, you know, doing something successful in their field. But when I meet somebody and I get to see them eye to eye in person, I know they're chasing their dream. They have a passion and I want to help them with that. So I always, again, I'd love to emphasize, just go and tell somebody. Tell somebody what you're doing. It won't hurt for them just to check you out. They can drop a follow and never check you out again, or they could stick around. What's the risk? So do you think as as we move forward and progress, there'll always there'll be more of that uh, IRL and and you know virtual where people will be streaming and then maybe you'll go and have a live event and then live event stream. Or do you think that those two will go hand in hand? When you get to a certain level, I think so. I mean, I've always thought it'd be cool just to do a meetup with the, you know, five couple people that watch me here and there. But when you get to a certain level, those live uh, events, they are, very necessary, very necessary because your fans want to see you in person. That's why a lot of big streamers, big content creators, big YouTubers, they go to conventions and they host pop-ups. I I was doing some research today actually about uh, how the streaming would interact with the uh, metaverse. And I'm, I'm going to bring it up later, but this one, uh, it's like a house of gamers on YouTube. They're called Offline TV. They hosted a in-person pop-up event where you could go in, you can meet them, you could take pictures, you could talk, ask questions. And they did something similar to that in the metaverse, but I'll get to that later. But yes, I do believe meeting people, meeting your uh, your uh, content creators, whoever you support in person, it's a part of the job. And that's why you know having good social skills is very important in this line of work, at least. And, and that's, I'm glad that you, and, and that's some of the things you learn in school. You have that, those connections, you're talking to people, you're interacting, networking, really, is what it comes down to. So I guess we get to the meat and get to the entree. So you had the appetite, let's get to the entree of this. And before you came in, I was really just having a brainstorm, thinking through my experience in the metaverse, in some of these virtual worlds. And I was thinking about the sandbox. So I've gone in the sandbox and you can hang out in there and you can go and you can watch. And I, and I made the mistake of saying, watching someone get, well, they're not, you're not watching them. You're watching their avatar gamble. So there's gambling and stuff. So you're watching them to, uh, play play games 
So, oh, we got Shook Focus is here. Okay, uh, hello, Shook Focus. Hello. And you're, you're, you're watching them play, but you're not exactly watching them. Mm-hmm. So then I'm thinking, is it streaming? Because I'm not actually watching the person, I'm watching their avatar. And it, it was just interesting that the way things are developed. So I want to I hear what you, what's your take, Matt Hadouken, on, on the streaming and the, the metaverse. Let, let, let's hear it. So it's still very new, this whole metaverse concept. And I think the possibilities are honestly endless. But if I were to take what we have already and just equate that to our idea currently of the metaverse, then yeah, I'd say that's a similar experience to what many will see in the future. You know, just watching somebody interact with whether it's a game or gambling or just just an experience. I feel like a lot of these streamers, content creators, they advertise experiences, experiences other people would have, and they live vicariously through them. So I'm going to bring up this one example. So I mentioned earlier the offline TV at the House of Creators. They hosted an in-person pop-up shop, and they also hosted one. I did not know about this until I looked it up recently, actually. They hosted an online in the metaverse pop-up shop where people could have their avatar and walk around and look at pictures, leave nice notes for the creators. And if they get lucky, they can be online at the same time as one of their favorite creators and actually talk to them in person or in your metaverse world. And I'd say it it was that experience that kind of displays, you know, how we're going to take something from, you know, already a real life experience. You could go in person to a pop-up shop and meet somebody or you could do it online. But I feel like there's also a very narrow view of the potential that this concept of the metaverse has. I was reading a couple of comments. They were talking about how it was kind of boring because at the end of the day, you're just, you know, walking around a small little room online. And a lot of people were talking about how they didn't really put a lot of effort into the environment. And I was like, that is so true. You're, you you don't have the limits like you do in real life when you're online they could have made it a lot more creative it could have been exciting for you just to be there instead of a small box like a real life room would be so if you're asking me what the streaming will look like in the metaverse right now i still say it's too soon to you know draw a clear picture but taking experiences like that we enjoy today and translating that somehow into the metaverse is what I see the future being. Now, what does that look like? It could be literally anything, literally anything at this point. But what do you think? Is that a good enough answer? You know, that, that was great. I think, you know, I was really thinking about this and, and, what I try to do is look at different angles. And one of the angles that I was thinking about that would give it traction, because you're absolutely right. You have these rooms, these spaces, some of them are small. Um, I think of spatial as being a small room you're in. And however, when I think about streaming and I think about, um, uh, we've got a question in a second, but I think about, um, monetization. So I I thought about the announcement that Facebook 
their dial, their daily active users dropped. You know, Mark Zuckerberg was saying they, they've got, they're facing stiff competition. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, what, what is the difference? You know, YouTube is booming. TikTok is, is, is growing. But what's the difference with TikTok, and YouTube, and uh, Instagram? Monetize it. You get enough followers on TikTok, you 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 part of their creator fund. You you know, uh, YouTube, you get a thousand subscribers, you're monetized. So and Instagram, where's the mon? You know, there, there's the clout, there's the social capital, but where, you know, where, where, show me the money. <laughs> where's the monetize? So I think with the streaming and with it taking traction, I think there there would there has to be some type of uh, some money involved, so some type of yeah. money involved. So I, th- I think it will take off. And I think people may uh, overlook some of the setbacks if there's some type of monetize, there's there's some type of reward there, I, I think. Um, I want to go to this question. Uh, this, should, I'm, I'm, this, is, this is coming at you, Matt Hadouken. All right. Do you think they could do some type of spectator mode where uh, you see what the player is seeing? You see what the player is seeing. So I was thinking about that too as well. And I think that yes, I think that's possible. How they will be able to translate that into what you're seeing versus the person that you're trying to watch. Uh it depends. If you want to do it in VR, they're gonna have to, you know, be sure to control certain things to reduce motion sickness. But if you're just talking about their display on your display, then yeah, that's definitely possible. And I also see that as being a sort of avenue for future experiences being watched in streaming in the future for uh, Metaverse. Because there's people already today who like to just, it's called in real life streaming. Literally, you're just walking along with a person and they have like a camera on their shoulder and you see what they see. You see how they interact with people. So if they were to translate that to the Metaverse, I see that being very realistic. A good question. It's a good question. Awesome. Yeah, should focus comes with a great question. I've got a shout out. Underdog Crypto uh, is here. Uh, right. Shout out to the uh, CIC. Um, and you you mentioned something, you know, uh, Matt, you bring some great, great points. And I'm going to hone in on that one. You mentioned that VR sickness and that is real. And and people they, there's certain uh, members of the population that experience this type of like, like motion sickness when they're in the headsets and it, it feels like you're moving and things are coming around. So they feel some type of sickness. So, so that could impact uh, something with like should focus was saying with people in spectator mode that some people may have uh, issues with that, with the, uh, the VR sickness, which brings a good point. Do you, do you think that'll be an impact on adoption or streaming? I definitely think that's being thought of. It's not going to be ignored. And even today with just, you know, the Quest and the VR headsets that are already out, they think about things like that. And it's a lot of the motion sickness is due to the image that you're seeing is not connecting with the motion that your brain is feeling. So... As computers get better, they'll be able to keep up with the process of your brain. So you'll be able to 
be able to connect the dots basically when there's a disconnect that's when you feel motion sickness you feel like you're falling one direction and the screen hasn't able to catch up with you but as technology improves those problems should go down as well and a lot of technology is being invested not just into vr but also ar so maybe if you know you're not if vr is not for you then augmented reality is coming as well so i believe that will be a pretty pretty close replacement to just having a headset on your head but like i said it, everything is technology changes so quickly so how they will keep up with the problems that will arise with vr i think they'll be able to uh address those issues yeah and it's good to think about that and another thing to uh, you with the technology advancing i i think about today you know we've got 5g so we're for 4g for 4g 3g but you think about when we have these leaps in technology there's great advances uh the metaverse so we're moving into the metaverse but there's divides, there's haves and have nots. So do you think there will be a gap with the metaverse or some type of uh, digital divide with the, the metaverse and who has it and who's streaming and who's able to, to get in these worlds? Well, yeah, with most new technology, there usually is that you know first adopters they're usually the people who can afford the high-end technology and then as it becomes more common the technology improves you can drop the price and then more of the middle and lower class can buy these things so right now when it comes to vr it's it's doing all right it's at a price of like 399 which if you save up most people can afford one but when it comes to newer technology yeah it's there's going to be a divide for some time and I mean, I don't know what, how to fix that. That's just kind of how uh, technology works currently in our country. But I was listening to somebody who said it's better this way because those who adopt first usually are the ones to work out all the bugs and kinks. And then when a product is actually solid and good and there's not a lot of bugs left, then that's when the general population is able to purchase something like that. And there will be fewer issues. So they say let the you know let the people who can afford the expensive technology deal with the issues that come with it and then once it's worked out then we can enjoy that's a good point and then underdog he was saying that uh absolutely there'll be a divide and it's happening as we speak that was a great and and this is to to throw this in with the the metaverse and to think about that you made a great point with the hardware so you've got a lot of the early adopters, they're buying the hardware, they're giving the feedback, they're working through the kinks and, and pushing through for the masses. But at the same time, if once you get the hardware, you still have to have that internet. And if you don't have that high speed or, or the right, I, I want to say the high speed or the right speed internet, you won't be able to really use the, um, the hardware. And, just from the, the education standpoint, I don't know if you see this at your uh, college or institution, there's some students, they don't have internet at home. You know, there, there's some students, they don't have internet. 
to, so they can do their homework. Everything's on the computer. So they have to go to, you know, they'll go to Starbucks or somewhere to use, you know, the Wi-Fi in order to, to have that high speed access, or they'll have to use their mobile internet and then try to do homework on their phone. So, but that's a great point with the hardware and tying that in, tying that in. I've got another question for you. Um, do you think with v, with the metaverse, virtual reality, because we were talking about spectator mode, do you think there's going to be more of a push towards the streaming part where people are watching people or watching what they're doing or, or seeing things like drones versus the content creation? I think... I think both both are going to be successful in the future because right now they are successful because like you said not everybody has the tools to you know have these experiences maybe in VR or just with higher speed internet they can't load up certain games so they'd rather watch somebody and kind of live vicariously through their experiences so imagining a world where everybody's in the metaverse would they prefer to consume the content versus actually be there is that what you're asking or are they still going to consume it the same amount as we are today i i, I, I say a little bit both are they going to move towards instead of watching the recorded uh like content curated uh content mm -hmm. just be inside these metaverses watching people do things and play games or looking into like uh, underdog and you were mentioning and uh, shook focus about this spectator mode, watching what somebody's doing through their eyes, not necessarily, uh, you know, in real time. So not necessarily watching some recorded content, but just seeing what they're doing, you know? Okay. I think what, the difference between like a YouTube video and streaming, I'll relate it to this. Yes. I can I can sit down and watch a streamer maybe for two hours or just have a run in the background. But when I watch a YouTube video, I'm actively like I'm actively learning something or I'm watching something to observe what they make. Mm. So if it were to translate into VR experiences, I think they both consume the same amount if we were to translate in that way, however, it'd be like, it'd be for different settings. Like if I was just already there and I was like, okay, I'm going to check out what somebody else is doing. And I look through their perspective, then I can. And who knows how long, maybe I'll sit for an hour to see what they're doing. Maybe it'll just be five minutes. And I'm like, okay, they're not, you know, whatever they're doing is not exciting me. I'll go do something else. And as for just watching like flat screen videos or something like that, I don't see it. I don't see a reason why it wouldn't still be successful in the metaverse because I can't, you know, you can't always be there. Like mm -hmm. as much as some people can envision themselves living in the metaverse, eventually you have to step out. So I think for the time being, those two mediums will be safe. Now, if something happens and now we have implantable contacts where we don't have to leave the metaverse we're always logged in then that might be a different story but i i think there will be a place for everything at least where we're going currently
That, that's interesting. And I, I want to ask this question. We're, we're getting close to, to our time, but I wanted to, because you get fired up on this. What um, motivates you to stream? So I guess this is a couple part question. What motivates you to stream and what platform do you think is the best for streaming? Oh, and I got another one. This is a three part question. And what type of streaming do you enjoy the most or do you get the most engagement? Because I know you do. You play games with with you, you play games, but you also play games with your followers. So, so I'm going to I'll be quiet. OK. OK, so the first question, what what motivates me to stream? That was the first question. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it was just something I thought of as a child. I've always wanted to be involved in the online creator space. I didn't know where I'd fit, but I started out just making YouTube videos. And as much as I like to you know edit and upload a video, sometimes the payoff isn't as big as you hope for. I know most people tell you, you got to keep doing it. And I'm like, okay, I will. But sometimes I want a little more instant feedback. And so when I saved up money, I got my new computer and I was like, all right, I want to try streaming. I had no, no plans or goals. I just, I just started, I pressed live and then a couple of people would trickle in and I'd be talking with them. I was like, these are real people. Real people that are interacting with me and they don't care that I have like 50 followers and I just, you know, signed in to play some RPG game. They're hanging out and they're having fun. I was like, that is so cool. So that's what motivates me. It's the interaction. I just, I love it. And the second question, you said the best platform. Best Mm -hmm. platform to stream on. So that's, that's a complicated question because... If you want to be a streamer like full time, you should come with an audience already, I would say. I'd say a stream elevates what you already have. So if you don't have anything, then you're not really going to be streaming to people immediately. You might be able to grow it a little bit, but ideally, I'd say come with an audience. So I'm currently trying to build my audience on TikTok, but so Twitch, I would say if you have an audience, Go to Twitch because they have a very nice user face and they have a nice community. They have a culture over there. Um, YouTube would be second because if you have content on your YouTube channel, then it'll automatically notify your subscribers when you're live. And their interface is not too bad. And I haven't checked out Facebook streaming or any of the other streaming sites. So YouTube and and Twitch are the two that I know of the best. So I'm going to talk about those two. And your last question, I'm trying to remember, which one was your last question? I think there was like a third part to the second question. Yeah, I think the third part, oh, okay. Uh, Well, I'll I'll let Underdog take this one. He said eSports Fight Club did this with a game called Valorant, made millions with this model, people watching others play and compete in this online game. Okay, I remember your third question. And to note on that, yes, I do love also playing Valorant. And watching esports with Valorant is so exciting. I see esports also becoming big in the future, but I'm sure we could talk about that another <laughs> another video. But my uh, 
I'm gonna answer your question and then I'll talk about the Valorant in a bit. So my favorite <laughs> content to stream is I would say is whenever I play a game that I have either bought on my own time because as much as I love playing games that my audience chooses, they're not the most exciting. You know, you could only go so far with like a like a wide multiplayer game. So whenever I'm doing something and I have my chat that's enjoying what I'm doing, that's when I'm at peace. But I I have fun playing their games too. You know, I love giving back to them. It's the least. And so yeah, Valorant is a big game currently. They're making a lot of money just based off of your consumables. They made some money off of me. I'm not gonna lie, but yeah, yeah. esports is where it's at. So you said something about TikTok to Twitch. How does that work? Can you explain explain that to everyone? So if you were to take a look at my TikTok account, you might not be able to realize I'm a streamer. But so right now, what I'm trying to do is just make my own type of content on TikTok. I'm going more the comedy route, the relatable comedy, because it seems like that's the easiest that takes off on that website. Build up my audience a little larger, and then I'll mention to them, hey, I'm stream. If you want to hang out with the guy that's making you laugh, making the jokes, then come over to the stream. And then hopefully that will be able to move people to other platforms. I, Whenever I have more time, I would imagine posting YouTube videos as well. But editing a YouTube video, and since I don't have a hired editor, that takes up a lot of time. And I'm also in school, so I have to just delegate my time as best as possible. So right now, TikToks, I can just film one in like 30 minutes, shoot it out, see how it does. I posted a TikTok actually last week and actually took off. I was hey. very surprised. Yeah, it got like two two million views on that. Hey, so, congratulations. Thank awesome. You. Thank you. We'll see who that, sticks that, around. See, that's good. So you, I, I hope you're studying marketing because you're getting these, you're making uh, funnels. Yeah, you're yeah. making... Uh, you know, so so that is great. And we got a good question. Should focus. He is asking, um, as the hangout areas in the metaverse become more popular, uh, could you see streamers creating their own hangout spaces for subscribers? That's a good one. Good, good one. Oh, yeah. Focus. Oh, yeah. So we mentioned this a couple of streams ago, but I mentioned how there could be or there are, you mentioned there are existing things where you can buy a ticket to have access to kind of like an own club or something. And for content creators, you know, content creators are their own business. They are the face of their business. So if they wanted to open up their own, you know, instead of going to somebody's channel, you go to their, their room, their space, and you hang out and you can, if they want, because people on Twitch, they subscribe for a month. And they have access to like emotes and stuff. You can subscribe in the metaverse. You have access to the room. You can talk to your creator. You can hang out. It I I see no reason why that wouldn't become a reality. And I guarantee it would become a reality. I guarantee it will. Content creators are always trying to find ways to monetize, and I see that being no exception. That was a good question, though. Very good. Yeah, having it so so with that it, with the metaverse, if that does become more popular, do you see it, it, it a threat to exist? Like we're on YouTube right now. Do you see it being a threat to TikTok or to YouTube, where where the content cre- they're leaving? 
like, why should I be here? Let's, I, I, I can go in the metaverse and monetize and put up my own paywall and people come in my own room. And do you think that'll be a big threat? Honestly, I think these big companies are already thinking about ways <laughs> to, <laughs> to handle that if they don't have their own space and maybe, hey, they can put up YouTubers. You know, you can't afford to host your own space. YouTube has spaces available. You just buy it from us. You have your uh, audience come over here. It's in our neighborhood, but it's your house. So I can see that becoming a real thing. Uh, you mentioned how TikTok, yeah, a lot of people I noticed they get big on TikTok, including this is kind of my plan. They get big on TikTok and then they move their audience off of TikTok because they want to grow somewhere else. Mm. But I also see TikTok right now, it's kind of in a lane of its own right now. They don't have too big of competitors that are actually doing damage to them. Like YouTube put out their shorts and Instagram has their reels, but right now TikTok is kind of owning the game. So if they have a better way how they can retain their creators, like, hey, don't boost, don't boost yourself on TikTok to become a YouTuber. Boost yourself on TikTok to become a TikToker. I feel like they need to define the career of a TikToker a little better, and then they might be able to have some more retention. That was a good one. That's that's another. That's a whole other topic right there because you think about it, they're really helping people are coming there to go somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> You know, people are coming there to go somewhere else. So I think that's interesting. What about, you You, th uh, you know, I think about fan base. I don't know if you're familiar with fan base, um, which is the founded by Isaac Hayes Jr.'s African-American social media platform, um, Triller, you know, so, so you have these, yeah, you have these competitors. So, so that that is very interesting how, you mentioned that about that strategy. Um, and so, because I, I thought about fan base, fan base is great, but they, but you'll see Isaac Hayes Jr. on different, on Instagram and other platforms and on Clubhouse in particular to get people from there to go to his platform, you know? So, so that, that is a, a, a very uh, good, which monetizes. So that's a great point as far as the strategy, you know? So, so, so very good. All right. We're at time. All right. I don't, I don't want to hold it too long. So, so, oh, before we go, you had 2 million views. So, so we got, we got to celebrate that. What was the video about? How can people find that TikTok? We got to see that TikTok video. How can they find it? <laughs> uh, my name is Matt Hadouken on all my socials. So on TikTok, just type in Matt Hadouken. You just scroll and it should be pinned on the top of my profile. So go ahead check it out. Leave a like, leave a comment. I'll be sure to reply to y'all. But yeah, I'm just Matt Hadouken on everything. Twitch, YouTube, TikTok. So where do you want people to go? To 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 TikTok or to Twitch or to YouTube? Where, where, where's the, where is your funnel? Where, where are you leading them to? For now, I'll say go to my TikTok. If you want to support me on TikTok, that would be perfect. Awesome. Awesome. That that is great. You got to get into the metaverse and start streaming in the metaverse. Oh, uh, okay, we got crypto uh, underdog crypto. He's saying, uh, uh, aka, not safe for work is connecting people to the specific content creators. 
again, you, you both are on the spot. The content creators can create their own ecosystem and select their economy. That's a great thing. That's a great thing. Thank you. NSFW. That, that is good. That is good. Because you think about it, just on that, you think about it, really, when you think about YouTube, you think about these platforms, you got 2 million views, which means that people are coming in, they're, they're, they're on TikTok, they're watching this, and they're getting money from that through the advertising. And then what's the payout for the, for the creator? You know, so... So I think that that and that you know, that was grass another time the equity with that with that compensation I think that's a good one. Uh, Shook Focus said thanks Matt. So and and thank you Shook Focus Underdog for stopping by. Thank you for the questions. Oh man, it's great. Thank you everybody for coming by. You gotta follow. Wait a minute. When when are you on? Uh, hey, thanks Michael. When are you on um, Twitch? When do you stream on Twitch? So right now I'm currently on break because I it's a tough semester. So I'm focusing mainly on classes, but I would say around Good. May I'm gonna get back up and started. That's why I'm focusing on TikTok right now. And then whenever I but classes ease up and I can start streaming consistently again, I I don't want to just stream once and then not do it again. I want to go back to back. So I'd say in May. So for now, just go to TikTok and. Leave a like. I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, I've, I've got to say this. Uh, and that's the marketing mind right there. So you got the marketing strategy. And I've watched you Twitch many times. He's good. And he's got a, a following. And I've watched many Twitch uh, streamers. But he's got... He, he gets in there, he starts talking, and then people are in the comments and they're talking, asking questions. What was this? Where did you? I'm like, wow. And it, it's like a, really, it's like a party. <laughs> it's like, it's like, you know, because you got so many people in that chat and then you're playing the game. And then he was in there playing a game with somebody and then they were talking. And then I was like, wow, it's, 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 it's amazing. It, you know, it, it was like a show. It was better than a show because you got all these things going on, you know. So awesome. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for watching. Until next time. It's been great. It's been great.